This is Jack from the Horrible Movie Podcast. Each week, producer Phil, a guest, and I watch a horrible theater release movie. We record our conversation, and then we tear that movie to shreds. We keep it family-friendly, so gather the family around the old smartphone, laptop, or tablet and join in on the fun. Just like all the great Studio DNA podcasts, find the Horrible Movie Podcast at Spreaker.com, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and everywhere podcasts can be found. Remember, just because it's from Hollywood doesn't mean it isn't horrible. Sif Pie Podcast is recorded in front of a live internet audience. Live from a bunker in the heart of the Ozarks, a podcast that walked down a shallow water garden just to be with you today, it's Sif Pop. Welcome to Sif Pop, streaming live on Spreaker every Saturday afternoon or available to download later in your podcast feed, unless, of course, you're a patron. Patrons get perks. Patrons get those perks. Cha-ching. I'm Aaron Dicer from YourMovieFriend.com. He's Andrew Ormsby from Flick Freaks. Ahoy. And every week we'll chat about movies, television, and whatever else from the pop culture universe is on our minds. You doing all right, man? I'm doing really good. Okay. I'm really good. How about you? I'm, I'm doing very well. New studio today. Yeah. You can't see it. Um, but maybe someday, there's mm. little rumblings in the works that maybe someday you'll be able to see the studio as we record. Uh, so that could be fun. Um, but man, I'm excited to talk Crazy Rich Asians. Yeah. Lots of fun stuff coming up. Um, we've got the Best Ever Challenge on rom-coms. Surprised we have not done that yet. Yeah, it's a pretty broad category. So I'm excited yeah. to kind of dig into that a little bit. Although I kept my choices fairly low. Like I didn't like you know, I don't have like 50 choices or anything like that. See, that's like the that. thing. I figured I should either, I didn't want to go all out because obviously there's, you can categorize a lot of movies as rom-coms. Yeah. So I decided to go to true to form. This is a rom-com, not just a funny romantic movie, you know? Yeah, it's, I tried to go genre. Like for instance, I'll just say this now, and we'll talk more about this later, but I didn't put singing in the rain in there mm-hmm. because I consider it a musical primarily, right? Yeah. It is a rom-com. It's romance and comedy, but primarily it's a musical to me. So I tried to do that mental math in my head yeah. and just be like, what are the genres primarily? And if the two primary genres are romance and comedy, yeah. I think it's fair to put it in the category. So it'll be interesting to see our our picks when we get there. We've also got a pretty fun sift quest today. And of course, we'll do some buried treasure as well. Um, but first, let's kick it off with some Do We Care. Every single week, I scour the internet to find out what is going on in the entertainment world. I pick three topics for us to discuss, and we must decide whether or not we care about them or not. Number one, the Aretha Franklin biopic is still happening. Now, I didn't know this. They were actually already working on this before she passed away. Yes. Even she was like a producer on it. And um, Jennifer Hudson is still going to play her Uh, studio. I don't I really wish I would have wrote down the actual name of the studio doing this. But they said it's still greenlit and everybody's still willing to do the movie. And I guess the uh, the Franklin estate is still uh, It's a good do we care considering our SIF quest today, too. You know, we're going to be talking a a little bit about um, musical biopics. Yeah. You know, and I found that very fitting. Um, and this is one I'm excited to see. I, you know, I'd love to see the Aretha Franklin story. She's, you know, a phenomenal talent. We talked about it last week. Uh, Jennifer Hudson is obviously also a phenomenal talent. Yeah. Uh, so it'll be, it'll be really fun to kind of see how the, all that comes together. So I definitely care about this. I would love to see this. Yeah. I'm right there with you. Number two. Yep. Danny Boyle will no longer be directing Bond 25. Yeah. This is the big news of the week. So a couple questions for you. Yeah. 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 Either. Here's a carte blanche for you, okay? Okay. Either you get to hire a new director or you get to hire a new Bond. Mm. <laughs> um, so who if I don't hire a new director, who's the director? Just like I said, carte blanche, it would still be Danny Boyle. So okay, so it's Danny Boyle. So he's sticking around, but I get a new Bond, or yeah. Daniel Craig's sticking around and I get a new director. Yeah. Not to confuse people, Danny Boyle, regardless, is still out. And this is <laughs> right, just yeah, for yeah. us. This is just yeah. for us. This is a hypothetical. Yeah. We like to do hypotheticals here. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go, I would much rather replace Bond. I think I would too. Yeah. I, I, Daniel Craig's fine, but I'm ready to see somebody else take on the character. I think he's more than fine. He's probably like the most realistic Bond we've ever had. But that's, a, that's almost an artistic choice and not necessarily like... I, 
the recent Bonds have chosen to be more realistic. Uh, I think kind of Bourne forced their hand when the Jason Bourne movies started coming out, and it was like this more grounded, you know, fist fight, shaky cam, you know, yeah. kind of stuff, grounded, uh, you know, agent. Um, I think it kind of forced their hand to be like, oh, maybe the times of the, you know, uh, you know, womanizing, debonair, you know, always polished. Maybe that's gone. And so it, it kind of moved them in that direction. Uh, but he does he does a good job with that for sure. I agree with that. Yeah. But I, I'm not trying to disagree with you. I think it's time for a new Bond as well. Did you... I know I'm throwing this question at you, but do you have anybody in mind you'd like to see Bond? Um, uh, to see B Bond. I, <laughs> I saw on Twitter that uh, Wallace Shawn is being considered um, from The Princess Bride. Inconceivable! I, I was guy. like, no, honestly, I was thinking, <laughs> is it? Is there another Wallace Shawn? Because honestly, that's what I was thinking. I'm like, uh, okay, I'm like, maybe there's some young guy who is nah, an up and comer. Okay, I'm just messing. Thank you. I was like, that. Okay, if he can be Bond, anybody can be Bond. Um, Charlize Theron. Oh, you want a female Bond? James Blonde. Let's do it. Let's just make it real. So, even though the Atomic Blonde, which you really liked. I did really like, actually. Yeah. yeah. That's probably why I gave that answer. I'm just I'm just throwing stuff out there. Uh, if you want to still go with the, you know, the more masculine uh, idea of Bond, which it has always been, I would... Hmm. Idris Elba for me. I know, yeah. I know people are always saying that they want Idris Elba. But there's a reason. This his voice. His voice just oozes Bond. I yeah. think. What about uh, what about like Army Hammer? Could an American ever play Bond? I don't think. You don't think so? I think uh, a female would be Bond before an American. Mm, interesting. Yeah. Yep. Um, well, then I don't know. Yeah. David Tennant. <laughs> you know what? The guy can do anything. Why not? Yeah. Why not? All right. Number three. Yeah, sure. There have been rumors running amok that Tom Cruise will be playing Hal Jordan in the upcoming Green Lantern Corps film. Yeah. Like, what do you think about that? I love DC. You know uh -huh. this. Green Lantern is one of my favorite characters, mm -hmm. especially the Hal Jordan Green Lantern. Uh, just in case there's people out there who don't know, there's more than one right. human Green Lantern calling themselves Green Lantern. Like there's, yes. There's even a Jon Stewart Green Lantern. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, but Hal Jordan is the most famous. He was the first. Um, I think if they did this, it could be amazing. Like, I, whenever I look at Tom Cruise, even though he's a bit older, you know. Yeah, but he's great. And But there's no reason a superhero can't be older. That's true, um, and especially with the Green Lantern power, it's mainly the ring doing yeah. everything, so he wouldn't need to be, you know, even though he does his own stunts and the guy doesn't age, uh, <laughs> I think that he could actually pull it off. I'd, I'd actually be very excited to see Tom Cruise saying, in brightest day, darkest night, no evil shall escape my sight. Those who worship evil's might, beware my power, Green Lantern's light. <laughs> I uh, I think that would be great. I'm a huge Tom Cruise fan. Mm -hmm. I'd love to see him play a superhero. That'd be fun. Um, but it's all kind of nebulous to me right now. You know what I mean? Like it's is it like because of the DC universe? Yeah, it's just hard for me to understand how it all works together. He also, you know, recently thought you know he was launching the Dark Universe, kind of expanded you know universe, that... and that's kind of fallen through. Although now there's rumblings that. Maybe it'll come back. and If he has to choose. He wasn't I, awful in that, but the movie was pretty awful. So, yeah, I, yeah, I just, I'm not sure. If he has to choose, choose between Green Lantern Corps or continuing with the Dark Universe, I'd, I'd rather him go Green Lantern. I guess what I'm saying is Tom Cruise is great, but we know for a fact he's not enough to save, you know, a, a universe. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, even if he gives a, you know, a great performance, there has to be stuff behind him. Mission Impossibles don't just succeed because Tom Cruise is amazing. They succeed because Christopher McQuarrie is amazing and because, you know, the action in those movies are incredible and the way they're put together and, you know what I'm saying? So, oh, yeah, yeah he's a piece of the puzzle, but, um, I, you know, as with everything, withhold comment until you see yeah. it. So I'm right there with you. Yeah. Let's go wrap it up for Do We Care. Nice. Well, let's get into talking about Crazy Rich Asians. Right. We've been dating for over a year now, and I think it's about time people met my beautiful girlfriend. What about us taking an adventure east? Like Queens? Singapore. Colin's wedding. 
Don't you want to be my family? I hardly know anything about them. Every time I bring them up, it changes the subject. Maybe his parents are poor and he has to send them money. Let's take a bag and get you checked into for a set. Nick, we can't afford this. So your family is rich? We're comfortable. That is exactly what a super rich person would say. Rachel Chu is happy to accompany her longtime boyfriend Nick to his best friend's wedding in Singapore. She's also surprised to learn that Nick's family is extremely wealthy, understatement, and he's considered one of the country's most eligible bachelors. Uh, we're going to get into talking about crazy rich Asians. Before we do, I will say I, I did try to find somebody to join us who is an Asian American. I thought that would be great. I would love to kind of hear those kind of perspectives. Uh, none of that was able to come through. So again, these two white guys will do our best you know, to kind of uh, approach into that. I will say I read a lot, you know, uh, from Asian American perspectives. And so I feel like I've been learning a lot through a lot of this process. Um, but let's talk about the movie as we saw it. Uh, Andrew, did you like it, love it, dislike it, hate it, or it was just okay? Surprisingly, I loved it. You're on the loved it. I loved it. Nice. I'm on the high liked it. Awesome. Um, high, well, high to, high to middling liked it. There, I think there are some big problems with this movie. Uh, Interesting. Just, I only have like one or two big I have problems. Two. I have two. Okay. I have two big problems and one minor issue I had um, okay. that, that, that brings this down for me a little bit. But I still really liked it because what works about this movie really works, yeah. in my opinion. Um. So let's talk about that stuff first. We like to start with the positives. So yeah. why, don't, why don't you kick us off since you liked it more? Uh, first off, this entire movie, I could not help but smile the whole way through. This is just a, well, besides, you know, the sad parts, but like <laughs> you can always yeah. find like even in sad parts, there's beauty in the cinematics. You know, mm -hmm. the visuals sure. are beautiful. Uh, but whenever they're like going around having fun, it's, it's so living vicarious through them that mm -hmm. you're just having a good time with them. You are getting the same opportunity that Rachel is in this movie to experience this. Obviously yeah. not firsthand, but, you know, through her eyes, you get to see the beauty of this culture and how just fascinating and different it is than what we, you know, live through our daily lives. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It felt really bad because I left the theater and I'm like, Oh, yeah, I'm back in Springfield. Because <laughs> I felt like I was actually transported to Singapore there for a yeah. minute. And I'm like, yep, I'm back in the fifth most dangerous city in America. You, know, you keep Mark. I think I actually just looked at this the other day. That's the only reason. Did I, it go a, down? It's 11th. 11th uh, now? Yeah, that's the only thing I could find. 11th most, most dangerous city. And that was from 2015, I think. Mm. So, anyways, yeah, because uh, we had we had in laws in town, and they were, you know, asking uh, about. I think they were talking about driving through St. Louis, and you know how St. Louis is always ranked the most dangerous city yeah. in America, which it still is, uh, in general, ranked that. And I said, yeah, well, we, we you know, we're up there too. Yeah. <laughs> So anyway, so I looked it up, and I think it was 11th. Anyways, we got out of the top 10. Woo! I wonder where Singapore is and all that. Uh, I can tell you this. It's beautiful, man. Some of the... Oh, yeah. Uh, I just want to kind of camp there for a little bit since you mentioned it, but some of the architecture in that city, uh, some of the cool things, you know, those... Uh, I forget what they call them, those trees uh, that they've got in the middle of the city that's like kind of that park area. It was where... I think it was where the reception was. I think... Um, yeah, those were like the really thick trunked ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah, there's, there's just it's just such a beautiful place. They touch on the food culture of you know. Of I got the city so hungry and, watching right? this movie. Yeah, yeah. So they do luckily it was at Alamo, so I could you know order something. Order something. Um, <laughs> it wasn't as good as what they were having, probably. I so I, it is beautiful. It is absolutely gorgeous. Uh, I love the way it's shot. I think it is um, stunning to look at some of that stuff, and stunning to to visit a, a culture like that and to be brought into a culture. One of the other things. I love about the movie is it doesn't feel like it spoon feeds you somebody like me who isn't from an Asian culture. It doesn't feel like it spoon feeds me. Okay. Now let me explain how this part of Asian culture works or let me explain why they're, why they're saying this or why they're, you know, making this, you know, meal together or what I felt like it just lived in Asian culture and let me kind of experience it mm -hmm. rather than trying to be taught about it. And I loved that, you know, because I can research that other stuff afterwards or whatever. There's a, there's a key scene. In fact, it's my favorite scene of the movie that is uh, about Mahjong, which is not a game. A lot of Americans play, right? Yeah. And there, I, I mean, this is a brilliant scene on so many levels, yeah. uh, but it is one of those things where if you don't know how to play Mahjong, you may feel like you're missing out on something. And indeed, you actually are missing out on some subtle, um, 
uh, symbolism uh, with some research I did afterwards. But it's presented in a way where it's like, this is just this is Mahjong. You're just going to watch. You're going to take out of it what you take out of it. And the movie does such a great job of giving you what you need to come out of that scene, knowing what you're supposed to know and knowing what happened. Yeah, based and, on reactions, you know outcomes and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, that scene alone is enough for me to want a spoiler uh, part of this uh, this week. And so, so we will do some spoilers on Crazy Rich Asians because uh, I do want to talk more in depth about the beautiful symbolism in that scene mm -hmm. specifically uh, and what it meant uh, to the plot. So, yeah. Uh, I think a lot of this comes down to the phenomenal performance of Constance Wu. See, I, I she's great. I'm not saying she's not great, but I think Michelle Yeoh steals the movie. Oh, I, I, think, I mean, they're both good. Yeah, that, and I would say that too. They're they're both incredible, but yeah. Michelle Yeoh just blew me away. I thought she was brilliant. Yeah, you feel the presence of her mm -hmm. whenever she's on screen. Like she's she's a huge name in Hollywood, mm -hmm. but. It's like she's able to encompass that and bring that to this character of this. By the way, did you notice there was an Ormsby in this movie? There was an Ormsby? Yeah. No. The really mean, uh, uh, not bellhop, but you know the maitre d' oh, of that yeah? hotel. Yeah. He's like, "Hello, I'm Frederick Ormsby," and I'm like, <laughs> "Oh no, this this really pretentious nice. racist dude is an Ormsby." No, I felt really <laughs> nice, bad. Nicely done. Yeah. Nicely, looking into We're, the the family like history that. and uh, yeah. Nice. No, I didn't notice that at all. As soon as he said, it, I'm like, "Oh, please be a good guy, please." And then he wasn't. <laughs> uh, yeah, I loved Michelle Wu. I love, or sorry, Yo, and then Constance Wu. I loved the the acting that was. There's such subtle acting going on with Michelle Yo in particular, where you know she's going through some complex thoughts, and you know what she's presenting. And you know what's going on, and yet she somehow shows you what's going on behind the curtain as well. I yeah. just thought I I thought it was a brilliant performance. Uh, and Constance Wu was great as well. Which, by the way, did you know I said Constance Wu was at our table at the uh, awards this last year? She's from Crazy Rich Asians, or I mean, uh, fresh, fresh off, off the fresh boat. off the boat. Yeah. yeah so her and uh, Randall Park uh, were at our table uh, this year. Hang out, hung out with them a little bit. And yeah, she's great and fresh off the boat, but I think she like takes it up to another level. In and this. everybody's really good in this movie. Um, I mean, with maybe some minor exceptions. I I didn't. Okay, so let's get into this just a little bit. Um, let's talk about the. Did you think the comedy worked in this? Yeah. Okay, good. So it's a positive for you. It didn't quite work for me. It's my minor negative. Really? Uh, yeah. I just it was. I just wasn't uh, vibing with it. I don't know why. Maybe it was the mood I was in. But as soon as uh, Ken Young uh, comes on and his family and that stuff, I was like, I'm not, I'm not thought, vibing with I this. I thought Aquafina was hilarious. Aquafina was good. Aquafina, I, she was the only part of that family that I was. I, I, there were moments for the other characters. So I was like, okay, that's kind of funny. But for the most part, that whole family, which is supposed to be the comic relief family, yeah, um, I just wasn't buying into the comedy very well. Except for Aquafina had a better batting average than the rest for me. But see, I thought that they were what the way I treated like Ken Jeong and like the rest of that family mm -hmm. is they were comedy support. Yeah, for Aquafina, not particularly for the movie. She could play off of them, mm -hmm. and it worked. Uh, I don't. I didn't really see them as like trying to like. Well, like the son with his awkward taking pictures stuff, and yeah, it's just. I didn't. I don't know. It just. I didn't. It didn't jive with me. And a lot of the comedy that didn't center around them as well. I, it just kind of fell flat with me, so yeah. And that actually plays into one of my major negatives, but I can talk about that here in a second. So. I'll, I'll throw out one of my major negatives. All right. Um, there Did you were... talk about all the good stuff you wanted to talk about? Yeah, yeah. Uh, right, let me talk do... about one more thing. Yeah. Okay. Go ahead. Uh, I think the romance in this movie is perfect. I think John, uh, John Chu, right, directed this. Yes. Uh, I I think his understanding of how to get us to care about a relationship is so. Uh, pristine in this movie and the way he chooses to finish this movie this movie finishes brilliantly uh, it comes across the finish line strong and is the reason that I overall like this movie is because of how strong it finishes uh, and I think a lot of that has to do with how much we buy into this relationship and this romance mm -hmm. so so yeah I just want to say that now let's no I totally agree negatives. that was well worth saying yeah uh, my major con with this movie is yes the movie is called crazy rich Asians but I did find that there were one too many moments in the movie where somebody was in trouble and they were out they were able to get out of it because they are crazy rich 
Yeah. Uh, like I don't, I'm not going to get into spoilers, but it really didn't show how, you know, how a, a regular, not trillionaire would be able to <laughs> right. deal with a situation like this. And I'm like, it made it not accessible to me, mm-hmm. obviously, uh, surprisingly, Aaron, I'm not a multi-billionaire. <laughs> I don't own the largest real estate conglomerate in Asia. Right. Uh, but it was... There were there were a couple moments like yes I know the movie's like trying to show you how you know you can live in this world but mm-hmm. there's a I'll just say this hopefully it's not giving too much away there's a moment where somebody says that's okay I have so many other places I can go and I'm like well there's you know that's that could be a really good teaching moment but you're giving them an out that a lot of people in a certain situation don't have yeah and there is some uh, I do want to talk in spoilers about a subplot involving another couple yeah. that I found really off-putting because of that. Um, and in off-putting for... And also, it, it doesn't kind of work with the rest of the movie. I, didn't, I felt like that almost could have been removed from the movie and tightened it up a little bit, um, or, or at least you know brought down. But I totally agree, and that is also one of my major negatives. Uh, I would say it like this. Uh, this movie is all about wealth culture. And yeah. it's interesting. You watch a show like Billions, let's say. It's a show about being wealthy, but the wealthy people aren't great people, you know what I mean? And there's also the consequences of, of what it means to be wealthy. No consequence in this. When I look at the kind of opulence that is in this movie, for many people you may see, oh, I wish I was that rich and could have that and I have that house and that car. I see waste. So, you know, I, I like to, th- and again, this is this is fairly judgmental of me. I, I know that. I'm just trying to express kind of what what turns me off about that idea. But the idea that if I, you know, was able to have uh, resources like that, I, again, I don't, so I can't guarantee this, but I feel like I'd live in the same home. I'd live with the same car. I would, you know, be able to provide for my family what needed to be provided, and then I would help others out, do this, you know what I mean? Like, I see, so, and that's not my part to make that decision for somebody else, Yeah. but it is my part to go, it kind, opulence turns me off uh, when I see extreme wealth like that as aspirational i felt like the movie was like this is what you want this is what you should want this is what you know um because the the problem for rachel was never that she didn't want to be wealthy it was that she didn't want what came along with the family yeah right and there's a difference there so i did feel like that's a big problem with the movie a problem that is even more emphasized by that subplot um that we can talk about possibly in spoilers so that was a yeah. that was a decent issue with me i was like this really lionizes the idea of extreme wealth in a way that i just wasn't comfortable with mm-hmm. so so yeah that was one of my issues yeah was that really the only issue you had kind of yeah and then you kind of with yours you encompassed my other one so yeah my only other issue, and I do think this is because the comedy wasn't working as well for me, I think this movie starts very, very slow. Uh, forty-five, Probably 45 minutes into this movie, I wasn't sure I was even going to like this movie. I was very bored. Uh, they were doing some important character work, but if you're developing characters and relationships in a rom-com, I need something else to entertain me while you're developing that stuff because we're not to the point where that stuff is engaging me in the in the way it does at the end of the movie. Interesting. I didn't feel that. Yeah, I definitely felt a space at the beginning of this movie uh, for a long while where I was like, I'm not even, I'm, I'm afraid I'm not going to like this. Uh, and then it, it kind of uh, locked in for me there towards the end. So, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, it just felt like a really slow start for me. Um, and those were those were big negatives, but I think it should say something about how good the end of this movie is, and how good the thematics of this movie are, and the performances. That I still really like this movie, even with two major negatives like that, mm-hmm. you know, kind of weighing me down. So yeah, I I did actually enjoy it. Awesome. What else did uh, anything else you wanted to mention? Um, I just want to go back to the overall beauty that is on display in this yeah. movie, like. Uh, I don't think it's a spoiler. I think people know if you see the trailer that they're going, you know, to see his family and go to a wedding. Yeah. Like, not to give too much away, but that wedding, wow, that was <laughs> one beautiful wedding. Like, And, and that's just a, an example of, like, showing you, like, you know, what wealth can get you and how expensive and some would say wasteful. Right. That's my thing. I watch it. I'm just like, yes, it's beautiful, 
but what could that money have done? You know, yeah. what I mean? and it's not my place, you know, to spend somebody else's money. It's just how I feel. And so yeah. it affects the way I watch. Does that make sense? Yeah. I'm not on the same level as you. I, yeah. w- I would get a new house and a new car. I wouldn't get a Ferrari or I'd get a brand right. new Toyota. Or, right. Yeah. That's, or something yeah, like exactly. that. Yeah. And yeah, I'd, I'd actually buy a house with a backyard. I wouldn't buy, you know, the estate that was on in this movie. I wouldn't buy a... Uh, a uh, it's just an interesting thought. I, we all think about it, right? We all think about... I, I shouldn't say we all. I don't know that. But I figure most, most. Of us, most of us think about what it would be like to have endless resources, to be independently wealthy, those kind of things. And what gets me excited about that isn't a fancy house and a fancy car. What gets me excited about the idea of being independently wealthy is providing for my family and providing for others. You know what I mean? Like the idea that I could then support cool people doing cool things, you know, support great causes. You know what I mean? Like that, Yeah. that pumps me up, you know, uh, I'm guessing 50 room house, you know, or 10,000 square foot home. Like no, that, that stuff does nothing for me. You know, I, it's I just more walking. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's just t- more tired legs. So anyway, so yeah, but overall I, I did really enjoy the film. My one, uh, one more thing, um, would probably be, I found it interesting in a rom-com like this, that we don't get the meet cute. We don't get the beginning of this relationship at all. The movie yeah. starts and we're already deep in this relationship. You're in. And I found I found that interesting. Uh, I wonder if it's part of why I felt it s- started slow, because with rom-coms, you usually get the fun of, how did these people meet? Where yeah. did they come from? But also, it's kind of cool. That's not the story they're telling. That's ex- exactly right. And so yeah. I didn't really hold it against the movie, but I did think it was an interesting observation that, you know, we don't get that in this movie. I know, I know it's a different movie, but if you look at, like, Meet the Parents, you know, it doesn't show you the beginning of that relationship. It's about meeting the parents, and that's kind of not the same tonally or anything but it's right, kind yeah, of the yeah. same meeting the family yeah, and how the family is not only you know it's you know nerve-wracking meeting somebody else's family mm-hmm. but whenever it's a completely different culture with different expectations that just adds onto it and that's what i found really interesting and that's and that is i think one of the beautiful things about the heart of the themes of this movie is it's also about understanding that being an asian american has some um some prejudice on it, not just in America being an Asian, but also being an Asian going back into your old Asian culture and the idea that, well, you're Asian American now and that's different. Mm-hmm. And and the movie touches on that in some really interesting ways. And uh, so, yeah, I loved all that stuff. So there you go. I, it's a recommend for me, even though, you know, I said those, you know, fairly decent negative size things for me. I still would recommend it. I think it's a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, very good movie. So there you go. Crazy Rich Asians. Woo. Go see it. Uh, let's talk about best ever rom-coms, shall we? Yeah. I'd be very surprised if we have any overlapping just because of oh, how... certainly in our honorable mentions we do, right? Y- yeah, but I think, you know, this mo- or this genre is so vast yeah. that I think that there's a possibility we may not have any overlapping. Could be. Um, my three best ever rom-coms are all in my top 100 movies of all time, so... Uh, yep. Yeah. Same. <laughs> so there you go. Uh, uh, you want me to kick it off? Please. All right. Number three for me is So I Married an Axe Murderer. <laughs> I love this movie. Um, this is this is the movie that Mike Myers should have just continued making through his career. He's so good in it. He's still so funny and gets to be, you know, clever and weird and that. But he's a real human being in a real relationship and she just happens to be an expert <laughs> well possibly when you watch the movie you'll find out yeah uh so so yeah so i i love so much about this movie and it's it's always going to be one of my favorite rom-coms isn't um michael richards in that movie isn't he the detective? I think? Yes. Okay. Yeah, I'm thinking yeah. of the right movie. Yeah, then. one of the detectives. Yeah, absolutely. And then Mike Myers plays multiple characters. Eddie. He also plays his, his father. father yeah. And yeah. Yeah, Eddie Murphy style. Is a piper down? Yeah. We've got a piper down. <laughs> Number three for me. Yeah. I'm gonna go Scott Pilgrim versus the World. Ooh, good choice. Yeah. Uh, it's it's a musical. Yeah. It's comedy, and it's all about trying to get the girl. The only problem is you have to defeat all of her ex. Exes. Uh-huh. I almost said <laughs> seven boyfriends, but it's yeah, not seven quite, seven evil exes. Yeah, yeah, it's not quite how the movie goes. Because that's how the joke is. She right, always has yeah. to keep saying seven exes. Yeah. Why do you keep saying that? I think that uh <laughs> I think that this is Michael Sarah's best movie. 
easily. Better than Superbad. Better, yeah. Yeah? I, I really do. I think this is his best movie. It's a heavy statement. I'm going to have to, to Google to see and make sure I agree. Um, I also think that um, this is one of I'm sure, Edgar Wright's best movies. And that guy has a plethora of amazing movies. I just think that whenever he was adapting adapting this comic series, that his style of storytelling, you know, the quick cuts and everything, is very much like that of a comic strip, mm-hmm. you know? The turning of the pages, the quick cuts. And there's even, you know, the the wham-boom-pow, you know, showing up on screen. It it just works perfectly. Yeah, no. And it's, it's so funny. This is one of the funniest movies. Uh, Michael Cera was also in Molly's Game, which I enjoyed. But, I like Molly's Game. But not but, as much as Scott Pilgrim, yeah. that's for sure. Uh, and uh, Lego Batman. He was also in Lego Batman, which is great. It's a great movie. But also still like Scott Pilgrim more, I think. So, yeah, I think you're probably right. Yep. I think that's safe to say. Number two for you? Number two for me is Groundhog Day. Oh, uh, yeah. That was an honorable mention one. Um, Again, this is just like a perfect watch for me. I, I love the brilliance of this movie. I love conceptually what it does. I love how it lands its conception. Uh, Bill Murray is spectacular. Um, just, Did he get nominated for an Oscar for this movie? I don't think so. Oh. No, I would be highly surprised yeah. if he got nominated for Groundhog Day. Uh, uh, it's it's a very highly regarded movie. It's possible. Uh, I watch this movie often. It is one of those that I just you know I throw in because it's amazing and it's got so many scenes that you know I enjoy to. Ten thousand years, but he got the girl. And well, in the idea of the whole thematic idea of you don't get a relationship because you pursue it or make it happen. Uh, the best relationships are developed by an understanding and a genuine camaraderie and companionship. And it's 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 such a great message. Continues to be a great message for today. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm a huge fan of Groundhog Day. Andy McDowell, I think is great, uh, in Groundhog Day. So yeah, good stuff. Yep. Uh, my number two. Yeah. Bringing up baby. Yeah. You don't know that choice. one? Yeah, okay, no, yeah. no, I do. Uh, uh, growing up, this was the movie that my grandma always had us watch whenever we yeah, I went just, to visit. I don't, I don't know that I've seen it. I feel oh, like really? I feel like I've seen it, but I'm surprised if you, I, if I have, it's been a while. Uh, Catherine Hepburn, Cary Grant, it came out. And bringing a baby, it was like the 30s or something. Right? Like yeah, that. yeah. No, I think it was after that. But yeah, it was 1938. A while ago. Yeah. Yeah. So it was 30s. Um, but yeah, it's one of the funniest movies. My Probably my favorite classic film, and it just happens to be a rom-com. I think Catherine Hepburn and Cary Grant, whenever they played off of each other in mm-hmm. movies, it was perfect. Because she was always, you know, the overly, you know, eccentric, and he was always the down-to-earth man, and then she, you know, she brought out the best in him. Yeah. Well, you know, through torture and stuff like that. Uh Torture, I mean, like, you know, just not what he's used to. Yes, no, totally. <laughs> not like not actual torture. torture. Yeah. Not waterboarding. Yeah. Um, but it's such an outlandish plot for a movie that she has a pet leopard and that he has to help her take care of it. Whenever you think of that, you hear you think, okay, that's just a B movie nobody cared about. This is a very famous movie, and it's so funny. If you are out there and you have not seen Bringing Up Baby... Top 100 movie for me. Very nice. Uh, I'm going to have to make sure I watch this again. Yeah. Uh, if I if I have actually seen it before. Um, but, but yeah, definitely one uh, good to recommend. Mm-hmm. Um, ready for number one? Yep. Princess Bride. Ditto. Yeah. Yeah. I, it's it's perfect gotta, love story. It's it is. It's got to be the best rom com ever. It's perfect love story. It's hilarious all the way through. Uh, quotable, per- so quotable, so well realized. Uh, it is in. I think it's my number five movie of all time. Uh, it I think is it's like thirty for me or something like that. I got a lot of depressing movies in front of it. <laughs> I, w- I was going through my top one hundred. I'm like, I'm sure I got a couple rom coms in here, and then I found the three. But then I realized like. Man, there's a lot of sad downer movies in my top 100. What does what is, that say about what me? What does this say about you, Andrew? Yeah. Uh, well, at least that's in there somewhere. Um, yeah. It is so full of joy, so full of hope, uh, so full of all the cool things, uh, you know, uh, about, uh, you know, heroes and villains and love. And it's a movie that is unabashedly simple. In its idea of you know what love looks like and well, what it's good a, looks like, it's and, kind of adapt 
loosely adapted from the book, right? Oh, right, yeah, yeah, sure. Well, I mean, like, it's the grandfather telling the story. Right. And, you know, it's obviously a comedic version of that story. I've never actually read The Princess Bride. Have you? No, okay. no, not at all. But from what I understand, you know, it's not like, you know, third, you know, self-aware and stuff like this. Yeah. It doesn't have that Rob Reiner touch. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, but, also, um, Claire Underwood in that movie is absolutely amazing. Yeah, that's the best Claire Underwood movie. <laughs> you can't you can't argue with that one. And uh, it's the best Carrie Yules, however you say his last name. Yeah. L. Wes Yules. I don't know. I do like Liar Liar. No, I do like liar. Well, of course, it's. I mean, if it's my fifth favorite movie of all time, uh, obviously, I was like, it's well, be is Liar and a Liar that, four yeah. or three? <laughs> That's right. Liar Liar is in my top one hundred, though. I no. do love that movie. Twister, man, it's all about Twister. I almost, I almost mentioned Liar Liar as a rom com, mm-hmm. um, but I think it really is more of just a straight comedy. Yeah, because even though there is romance there, it's not about them getting back together. Like, it's not about their romance. It's about his discovery. Of his own ability to be an honest person, you know. I think it's more the father son relationship in that movie as well. Oh, for well. sure, yeah, absolutely, so, yeah. yeah. You want to go on to some uh, honorable mentions? Please. Uh, let's alternate. You start. Okay, uh, I got to pull my list back up. I'll go with Amelie. Yeah, good yeah. choice for sure. Even though you know it's always her chasing the guy in the movie, and it's a foreign language film, it's mm-hmm. she's so like lovable. It's just that character was so great. Yeah. Living in her imagination is so fun. Yeah, absolutely. That's a great movie. When Harry Met Sally, have to mention, it's probably considered the classic rom-com. It's a yeah. movie I love. A soundtrack I have played more than any other soundtrack uh, in existence. Um, it's just so great. Harry Connick Jr. and lots of fun there. So, yeah. yeah, yeah I love that Sally. Billy Crystal. Yep. Uh, I'll have what he's having. Yeah. <laughs> high Fidelity. Oh, interesting. I didn't even think of High Fidelity as being a rom-com. Well, it's not romance in the classic sense. It's a look back at past romances in his life, and while at the same time having one of the best soundtracks to... Because that's kind of what the movie's about. It's about him and his friends working in a record shop. Yeah. And uh, it's all about him like going through his catalog of exes and s- trying to find out what's wrong with him and why these relationships didn't work. Yeah. But it's so fun. Jack Black, whenever Jack Black and John Cusack and uh, oh, I'm having a brain fart on the third guy who worked at that uh, that record shop. But anyway, when they're working off of each other, it's so fun. And I think Jack Black bling, brings a, a a fresh, you know, happy, comedic, you know, look into that movie because the rest of it's kind of a downer. Uh, even though it's like dark comedy, he's mm-hmm. like the only like, you know, true funniness in the movie. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, let's go with the big sick. Yep, it's on my list too. That's such a good movie. You know, it's so funny because some of these modern movies, I just don't think of them as rom coms, but the big sick is absolutely a rom com. Yeah. You know, I think it's just because it's so meaningful and there's so much depth there that it almost out you know, it outplays its coverage almost as a rom com. Maybe um, it's the simple fact that you know this actually happened. Like this is yeah, him yeah, yeah. saying this is what I went through. Is and it's yeah. not like a biopic where you have somebody, you know, playing a character. This is him playing him. Right. And that just makes it that much more personable and, like, even accessible in in some sense because, like, okay, I have to believe you. This is your story. Yeah. It's good stuff. What else you got? Crazy Stupid Love. Yeah. Good choice. I love that movie. I I think it's so funny. Steve Carell and Ryan Gosling is just perfect together i i do love i do love those guys in that movie yeah for sure yeah that movie has some structural issues for me um but i do it's a good movie there's certainly worth mentioning the the twist in that movie i was surprised like i did not see that one coming yeah apparently a lot of people like yeah that was totally shown the entire i got like no you're good (laughs) you're good yeah but a lot of people like yeah i totally saw that coming that that one like totally got me i was like oh you got me movie Nicely done, movie. Yeah. I have been gotten. What you got? Sleepless in Seattle. Yeah. Uh, I, You know, I think it holds up just fine. I hear people saying Sleepless in Seattle doesn't hold up, and I'm just like, you know, there's something beautiful about it in Tom Hanks and Meg Ryan, and it's kind of the classic example for, for me for them. Really? So. it's Maybe it's the simple fact that whenever I think Tom Hanks movie, there's, a, there's obviously a vast catalog that I would watch before. 
Well, yeah, but I mean, as far as ta- Hanks and Ryan, like, you know, you do this or you've got mail. You know what I mean? Like, I would much rather watch this than right, you got yeah. mail. I just, yeah, I just think it, I, I think it's a good film. So, yeah, I wanted to throw it in there. Uh, one that's kind of stretching the, uh, do it, stretch it out. Deadpool. Oh, come on. That's stretching it a little far. It's, it's obviously a comedy. a comedy, but it's, it's also no, a romance. It's, it's, it's a comedy. Come on. Yeah. Fine, whatever. Maybe, uh, you know what? I'm gonna give it to you. I'm gonna. I, I, that's fine. I just, it, if if you look at Deadpool and you go, hey, I, I saw this really romantic movie. It's called Deadpool. Did you, have, you know what I mean? The best part like, about it was it came out, I think, on Valentine's Day. Let's see what IMDb said. Did you check IMDb for genre? I never trust IMDb. <laughs> I don't trust IMDb or Rotten well, Tomatoes. I mean, you know, if we need if we need somebody to uh, you know to kind of yeah. be the third vote. Oh, I looked up Deadpool too, but it said he says in the movie Deadpool this- two is almost more of a, of a rom com than uh, Deadpool one. Yeah, uh, 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 let's see genre genre action adventure comedy. Hmm. Yep, action adventure comedy sci fi. No genre for romance. Sad. <laughs> well, you're That's wrong, fine. IMDb. That's fine. You can you can say Deadpool. I don't care. Yeah. Uh, I'm gonna say say anything, uh, which is just one of those classics. You know. Growing up through the '80s, you had to love say anything, and you know that's that's my John Cusack movie that's going to get the mention. People can't see right now, but I'm holding up my boombox, playing some Peter Gabriel. <laughs> nice. What uh, else? Uh, I think you could look at all those movies, like Sixteen Candles and stuff like that, John, and yeah. those coming of age rom coms. And you know, there was a lot of those those John Hughes movies that did that. Um, yeah. But uh, I think say anything like out of all those types of movies is probably the best one. Uh, hmm, I'm trying to think. Now. I just have two more. Uh, one. Okay, so do you remember last week we were talking about Gwyneth Paltrow mm-hmm. and like what's your favorite Gwyneth Paltrow? And I said Infinity War. Um, thinking, of, I, I I went back and I thought about it. Yes, it's still Infinity War, but I was like, oh okay, because I came across one. And I'm like, that's the a great rom com, Shallow Hell. You like Shallow I Hal? I love Shallow oh, Hal. Oh man, that movie, man! I don't think I that, absolutely love. I don't Shallow think that movie Hal. has aged very well. I watched it the other day. I really liked it. All right. No, I absolutely love it because it made me realize Tony Robbins is a wizard, and <laughs> uh, he can, you know, mess with your mind. Well, I am glad you said Shallow Hal because that's going to make me feel a lot better about my last two picks. Oh, um, thanks. <laughs> yeah, what do you got? Uh, the proposal. With Sandra Bullock and Ryan Reynolds. Okay, yeah, a, I definitely feel better. I uh, think Deadpool's a better rom-com. Is than... a, well, well, this is certainly more of a rom-com than Deadpool, but maybe you know De- you feel like Deadpool's a better movie. But oh, um, obviously it's a better movie. But I still think Deadpool's a better rom-com too. Uh, man, because this... this movie's not funny at all. What are you talking about? The proposal was so bad. No, it wasn't. Yeah, it's really good. Okay, well. I love both of those actors, and I love them together here. It's a fun watch. It's a throw movie on with the spouse kind of thing. Uh, it's I I really enjoy the proposal as a rom com, uh, and then the other one was Fifty First Dates, uh, which I think is probably uh, the best. I think it's clearly the best of the Adam Sandler Drew Barrymore kind of collaboration oh yeah <laughs> you know uh wedding singer was great i like wedding singer a lot i mean but 50 first dates is the one where i'm just like they actually pulled they actually executed this really well mm-hmm. so yeah very unique way of doing a rom-com yeah like you have to keep living that first date over and over again right pros and cons <laughs> yeah exactly so there you go best ever rom-coms uh if you've got any choices you want to let us know Hit us up. Let us know what we missed. There's certainly lots uh, that we didn't talk about, um, and we'd love to hear your favorites as well. Before we get on to the rest of the show, just a reminder, if you want to support, you can do so at Patreon, patreon.com slash Studio DNA. That is the name of the podcast network that Sif Pop exists on, Studio DNA. Uh, so go support three bucks a month. Find out what the perks are. We have a pre-show that we do just for patrons uh, or live listeners every single week. Uh, and in this one, we talked about heredity since I finally saw our her, hered, hereditary hereditary. Yeah. Uh, since I finally got a chance to see that, we also chatted about American Ninja Warrior for a while. So that was kind of fun. Yeah. Uh, if you want to listen to that, three bucks a month over at Patreon, and you'll know you're helping support a pretty cool podcast network. You'll get your own special feed with all the bonus episodes. So go to patreon.com slash studio DNA if you want to help out, and we appreciate it. 
Uh, on to the Sift Quest. This comes from Tyler via Twitter. Hi, Aaron. Huge fan of the podcast. Got a question for the Sift Quest. What is your favorite music biopic? My personal favorite is Walk the Line because of my love for Johnny Cash, and I thought this was so sweet, and the memories of listening to him with my grandfather. Mm. Thank you for the pod. You are well uh, welcome, Tyler. Thank you for the question. So let's talk biopics. Uh, what's your favorite? Musical biopics, I should say. I'm going to go straight out of Compton. I had straight out of Compton uh, on my list as well. Uh, just slightly I, beat I out. Would, I would say that Walk the Line is probably... You know, probably better, but I'm not going to steal his. No, 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 no. Yeah. I, in fact, I was going to say the exact same thing. Walk the Line probably would be my favorite. I yeah. really do enjoy Walk the Line. I think Joaquin Phoenix is absolutely incredible in it. Um, but, yeah, I uh, I wasn't going to go go with that one since since Tyler did. But, yeah, Straight Outta Compton is phenomenal. It's great. Uh, it's definitely one uh, to, to look at. The only one that beats it out for me, I also thought of uh, Jackson's American Dream. You ever see Jackson's The American Dream? Oh, the Jackson Five American. Yeah, yeah, I have not seen that one. Oh, that's that's a good one to check out too. I really okay. enjoy that one. But I'm going with Eight Mile. Uh, I I I really... thought about Eight Mile, but I didn't know if it was really a biopic more than. You know what? You're right. You yeah, I guess that's true. I thought about it. I mean, it, it kind of is, even though it isn't. Yeah. But you're right. It's not necessarily the story of Eminem, even though it is. Yeah. The story of Eminem. Um, so that's that's an interesting thought. I just, in my brain, it was a biopic, so I decided yeah. to, to go with it. But if, no, we're, right. if we're going to include 8 Mile, then I would put 8 Mile above Straight Outta Compton. Uh, I have two more that I want to mention. Sure, go ahead. Uh, the Pianist. Okay. Uh, I can't pronounce that guy's name. Lords. There's a W and then an L. I don't know how you make that sound. One of those is silent, and I don't know which one. Uh, but anyway, Adrian Brody is yes. very good, even though he should not have beat Daniel Day-Lewis that year. Uh, I really thought The Pianist was a great movie. It's, you know, heartbreaking. It's yeah. about Polish, uh, Jewish, American during the Holocaust. Yeah. Amadeus is really good, too. That was going to be my other one, oh, okay, is Amadeus. Cool. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, just, you know, seeing the life of Amadeus through, um, what's his name's eyes? Um, yeah. Words. Andrew. Salieri? Yes, thank you. Yeah. Uh, seeing that, like, oh, he's he's on a different level than everybody else yeah. is. I really liked Amadeus. It's a long movie, but it's it's but good. it's good. It's, it's very good. very good. Uh, shout out to um, to Jamie Fox for playing Ray. Ray. The movie itself didn't quite hit for me all the way through, but his performance is really incredible there. So mm -hmm. uh, shout out for that one. Um, but yeah, no, there's there's some good stuff out there. So Tyler, thank you for the question. If you've got a question for the SIF Quest, feel free to let us know. You can email us at uh, feedback at sifpop.com or just hit me up on Twitter. I'm at Aaron Dicer. Uh, either way, we'll try to get to your questions when we can. Uh, ready for buried treasure? Yeah. What's that one thing in any area of pop culture that you want to let people know about? Uh, I'm going to go with a mobile game. I nice. haven't done a mobile game in, I don't know, a very long time. Marvel Strike Force. Okay, sounds like a fighting game between Marvel characters. Pretty much. That's it. Okay. But it's really fun, you know. You, it's well-named. <laughs> yeah. You get to uh, unlock, uh, you know, a squad, you know, of fa famous Marvel characters. And, uh, you know, you just go on missions. You can do it with other people on the mobile app, or you can do uh, solo stuff. I think it's a lot of fun. It's very... Uh, I, I like the fact that it's not a pay-to-win game. Yeah. You can pay for stuff, but you don't really have to. Yeah, I like that, too. I like it, too. Fighting games in general aren't games I enjoy on mobile or otherwise. I just It's not something that's ever it's appealed turn, to me. It's turn-based squad fighting. Oh, so it's kind so. of RPG yeah. in a little bit. Yeah, that's I like that a little bit better mm -hmm. um, than more of the... You know, like the it's not a, Street Fighter. It's not a Mortal Kombat or anything. Or Mortal like Kombat, that. that's what I meant. Yeah, yeah. Mortal Kombat. No, it's it's turn-based uh, okay. RPG. So. Right, that could be interesting. Uh, I'm going with the TV show you told me not to watch. I watched Succession, and it was amazing. <laughs> really? Um, I... It, it it really blew me away. It does... It does... I can see how the first episode may not, you know, draw you in. But by episode three... I was definitely into these characters. Um, subtitle for the show should be um, Crazy Rich. Which white people? Yeah, Crazy Rich Caucasians. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, um, because that is what it's about. But different in the fact that we're dealing with 
the consequences of that and how that impacts them and the fighting that goes on for, you know, getting this father's money and understanding that the fight for the company. Um, it has some of the most memorable lines and scenes I've seen in television this year. Really? Uh, yeah. And some of these performances are are really great. Uh, so, yeah, I was surprised by how much I enjoyed Succession. Man, that first episode though, I don't, th I don't think it doesn't gonna... quite draw you in. No, yeah, it's for the simple fact that there's no ramifications or consequences to the terrible things that they do in that first episode. Yeah, and thinking about that, I just I can't bring myself to go back and watch episode two or three or however many. Yeah, yeah, it's it's one that's it was a as no matter how good people say it is, I'm like, nah, I'm just gonna <laughs> let that one go. Uh, yeah, I had kind of had an overwhelming amount of people tell me they, they wanted me to watch it. And so I thought, you know what? It's, I think it's like 10 episodes, something like that. Yeah. It's like, I'll, I'll give it a shot. I, by the way, I'm glad I binged it. I'm glad I didn't have to wait week after oh, yeah. week. Um, it definitely felt good to binge. Although I think the show itself actually benefited from being week to week. I think it's one of those shows that actually picked up steam because people were talking about it week to week and what's going to happen and those kind of things. So, um, but yeah, so anyways, I did check it out, and I did very much enjoy it. Nice. We did a podcast. Wick woo. It happened again. What? How, how did a podcast happen? I don't know. Walk in here one second, the next second, podcasting is going on. I've just been looking at the back wall, <laughs> and then I guess you said we're done. I don't even know what I said. Time, what, did I, what did I say? Time flies when you're reviewing fun. Yep. Thanks so much for joining us today. Force If Pop, it is part of the Studio DNA Podcast Network. You can find out more about other live and later shows on the network by following us at Spreaker, uh, either in the Spreaker app or at Spreaker.com slash Studio DNA. Uh, huge thanks to Andrew for hanging out with us again today. Thanks, buddy. Um, got any anything you want to let people know where you're at? Uh, find me on those internets, uh, Twitter, Instagram, at FlickFreaks. Sometimes I post, a lot of times I don't. But when I do, I try and make it funny. <laughs> and there you go. That's I think that's all of our rule of thumb. Yeah. Much love and gratitude to our Patreon supporters as well for giving monthly to make this show and others on the network possible. Support starts at three bucks a month, comes with some pretty fun perks. Find out more at patreon.com slash studio DNA. If you want to connect with us, feel free to comment at Spreaker or email us at feedback at sifpop.com. And finally, if you're having a good time, your movie-loving friends will probably like it too, so let them know about it and that listening is much easier than making a perfect dumpling. Uh, we're going to do some spoiler chat for Crazy Rich Asian. Should be next up in your podcast feed, and then we'll be back next week with the Sift Pop TV Awards. Woo! It's that time of year. <laughs> <laughs>